Welcome to the Leadership Drip, coffee and conversations for leaders leading the next generation. We're excited to welcome another incredible guest to the table. But before we do, could you do us a favor and hit that subscribe button? While you're at it, go ahead and give us a five-star review. That helps these conversations reach other great leaders. Pour yourself a cup of coffee and get ready to join us at the table for another great episode of the Leadership Drip. Jeff, welcome back to the Leadership Drip. Uh, we're having kind of a strange summer this summer. You, it is a strange summer. And the second show in a row, I think, or the second two out of three, maybe, that we do not have coffee cups on our table, but I have a Coca-Cola. And yeah. nothing says the end of summer like a Coca-Cola. Well, not really, no, but I have a coffee cup over there. We just haven't brewed it yet. Yeah, like, that's true. We, we were they may hear it in the background. They may hear it in the background. We're struggling with some technical difficulties, but that's not going to stop us today. Not today. Not today, because we're full of joy, mm-hmm. right? We are full of laughter. Joy and laughter. Joy and laughter, which I think our guest today is going to bring a lot up on this show. And I'm so excited to have my friend Candace Payne. Uh, she is an author, a speaker, a podcast host, a viral sensation whose Facebook Live video, uh, with a Chewbacca mask of all things, uh, became the most viewed Facebook Live video of all time. I think, what is it, 175 million views or 300 it, views or something like that? It just passed on Facebook, 181 million views. Like, this... like I had 5 million of them yesterday. Yeah, yeah, you were doing some research. No, it's 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 crazy. And then collectively, I think worldwide with all the stuff that people have done to like do reactions and stuff like that, we're over like 320 million views. Crazy. Crazy. Well, Candace, welcome to the show. Well, hey. Hey, thanks for having me. Leadership drip is kind of like a tongue twister. You got to be careful when you say it. Because I was trying to tell my friend about it the other day. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to be on this podcast interview. It's a leadership drip. She's like, excuse me. And I said, well, uh, yeah, I'm going to say that slower when I'm on the show. That's that's, well, that's for sure. Yeah. We wanted you to pronounce it really slowly. Enunciate our words. Sweet. Well, I you convinced me to enunciate today. So okay. prepare yourself. We are an institution of higher learning. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, I got to tell you a quick story. So Candace and I met uh, recently. Um, at the beginning of summer, but right before summer, um, we were both invited to go on a trip with some friends called the Israel Collective. Yeah. I got to spend 10 days with this beautiful human being and laugh the entire time just about. Um, and I gotta, I gotta be really honest when, when I saw that, who I was going on that, on that trip with us, like I called my wife, I was here in my office and I'm like, you're not going to believe who's going. And like, out of all the people, I was most excited about it was Chewbacca mom. I'm telling you what, I was so pumped. I was like, I got to I think, I think our whole audience just goes, oh, now I know. Now I know, yeah. What? That lady? Uh, got it. Yeah. yeah. I'm here to testify from firsthand experience. That laugh is real. And that laugh <laughs> is awesome. And it made the trip so much more amazing. Uh, but more than that, I mean, you are a deep human being and I love your prophetic and uh, you're just an incredible asset to the kingdom. And we're excited to have you on the show, man. I'm so excited to be here. Listen, I get what it's like when people are like, so that lady laughed for four minutes in her car with a mask on. And now we want her to have a deep conversation about anything. I'm with you. I'm with the naysayers. I'm like, why Lord is 
this my open door? <laughs> like, make me look like an idiot. He's like, I will use the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you did. Do you hear my dogs? They're going crazy. What's a mess? Hey, shut it, pug! I think that worked. <laughs> this is what it's like to be on a trip with Candace. <laughs> we'll try that tonight. I'm in the streets of Jerusalem, like pugs. <laughs> I mean, it's it's so great. Okay, hey, yeah. so you're on the show, and 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 honestly, I mean. You do a lot of work. You travel literally around the world, speaking, sharing your story, which is a phenomenal yeah. story. So maybe for some of those guests who aren't quite up to speed, just kind of give us a the brief recap of how you got where you are, because this is not necessarily where you thought you would be. Oh, my goodness. No way. It's been about six years since the video of me laughing in my car with the Chewbacca mask went viral. And from that initial moment, there was like these opportunities to jump in and do Star Wars stuff. I mean, like I did Comic Con here in Dallas and met Peter Mayhew and and I was able to be in one of the um, opening fake carpool karaoke's with James Corden and J.J. Abrams. I mean, like it was just a chaos and whirlwind of this virality that happened from a moment, a, a, a time where I just let go and laughed it up. And I think it was at the perfect time because in our world, we were in the middle of a crazy election year. We were also in the middle of racial tensions brewing back up again um, from the longest time at that point that I hadn't seen in a hot minute. Uh, we were also just in a place where we're saying we need to be reminded that we can all take a break and laugh. And it came out, you know, to where people were like, Hey, I'm going to share this video. This lady's just losing it, you know, and you can't help but laugh when you watch her. I think my laugh is maniacal and awful. Like I don't laugh at it. I'm like, well, that's amazing. Um, but it, for some reason, it really just kind of brought levity to the moment. And I think that kind of led it into a viral space. Now, from there, at that point, I started having people find out that I was a believer, like in Jesus. And so my Christian friends were like, let's have her come to our church and just ask her some questions on stage and just talk with her and see if she can, you know, talk for a little bit. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, okay, they don't even know if I could speak. I only laughed in this video. Why are they inviting me to say stuff? That's pretty fun. I'll go. But like, y'all are weird. You know, I mean, like, I hope y'all got something to carry the conversation. And really what I ended up discovering is, is really what I was meant for. It was beyond a gifting that I had, but it was an actual anointing. Like I, I, I found out some things about myself in this moment that allowed me to see clearly that I have an umbrella for everything in my life that I stand underneath. And it's the message of joy. I mean, people need to to remember that that's a fruit of the spirit. It's something that that when we are fully allowing the Holy Spirit to dwell in us and grow us and change us, joy's a byproduct of that, not something that we have to muster up and pretend or fake. And by and large, what I was starting to see was a whole desperate group of people hungry for joy again. And not only hungry for it, but they were hungry for authentic joy. Like they're yeah. like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you mean that could be real? And you're like, yeah, yeah. It's really cool too. Like when you actually experience a life that says I'm going to fight for every ounce of joy that I have because it's worth it. Yeah. Um, and so, I, I mean, long story short, I'm really trying to compress six years here, but 
long story short is uh, I, I had some things that I wanted to come out with with my own story if, because fame was a real thing at that moment to where I knew that there were things in my past that I was going to have to be accountable for and answer for. There were relationships that I had had that I was going to have to publicly either have an opinion on. And some of those dealt with abuse. I had a, a suicide attempt. I mean, there were things in my past that I knew, well, the stage is set and I'm just waiting for the one person that wants to find something grimy. Right. You know, and um, I had somebody approach me and say, would you be interested in writing a book? And, and you're talking to a girl that I went to the last time I counted I don't know if this is the final number, but what I counted up was 23 elementary schools in my childhood. Mm. And so I don't know how to spell. Like I learned I before E except after C and in neighboring way and all these things like when I was 36. I remember sitting there with my kids and they're bringing home homework and I'm like, what? That's genius. <laughs> Shut up, you know, and now you want me to be an author to write something. And um, it'd be, it would have been so easy to get a, a ghostwriter and to just pay somebody to say, put my words out there. Right. But I really felt like God was like, do this. I've got a blessing in it for you. And so um, not only did I get a one book deal with Zondervan, um, I got a two book deal and they gave me the ability to film and do a Bible study curriculum to companion it. And I thought, what is happening? Like this was like maybe five or six weeks after that video went viral, this opportunity. And so I started plunging into this writing pool. And since then, what I've discovered is, like I said, it's, it's beyond gifting. It's, it's an anointing. It's, it's where the Holy Spirit steps in and says, I, <laughs> I, I can do greater things than you ever dreamed, hoped, or imagined. Yeah. And I can do them through you. And not only that, I can continue to grow you and equip you and, and give you skill and, and teach you. Um, and so now, six years removed, I mean, I, I just turned in my book proposal for my next book like two weeks ago. I'm finding myself speaking on stages consistently about three to four times a month um, and really feel like I've had an entire life shift and change and door open that I didn't even know was a possibility. So when you say what's happened and where are you now? I mean, like everything's happened. Like it's right. just dumb. It's like, okay, so that's what we're going to do. That's what it looks like when you just say yes to Jesus. Okay, cool. Cool. Let's go. You know, we have sort of like, not polar opposite audience, but we have young adults who listen, who are asking the question, how do I discover my calling? We've got leaders in life who are leading churches, leading ministries, leading organizations, maybe rethinking calling. And you sort of found calling in the center of life somewhere in the mid thirties. You said your words that the calling kind of found you. Give us a little bit of insight how you got to a place going, hey, this is what God wired me to do when maybe it didn't seem like life was leading that way. Okay. So I will answer that two different ways, if you'll let me. Okay. Because yeah. I like I like creative spitball in here. Let's go. So I'm going to speak to 17-year-old um, Candace, 18-year-old, 19-year-old Candace. Um, the one that's trying to figure out, can I be the kid that gets a scholarship to college for the first one in my family? Mm -hmm. Can I even do anything, you know, with my life, living in a trailer house, being in poverty, you know, growing up homeless? That's, that's who I'm going to speak to right now, which is your young adult group. And I will tell you this, the fact that I had a viral video, I couldn't have even dreamt up what that would have looked like because the internet didn't exist when I was a 10 year old kid. Right, right. 
Like it was a platform that I didn't even have an imagination for. Um, I could never have dreamt that I would be somebody that had the opportunity to be on TV or to be in interviews or to be somebody that would have a seat at a table with influential people like casting directors for all of a major network. I mean, like things where you're invited and you're like, hey, we want to get your opinion on this. Um, to walk around with the executives at Facebook and talk to the developers of Facebook Live and be like, this would be cool if you add that. That That's not even on a radar as a 10-year-old kid. So what I would say to my younger self is this. Anything that you're trying to discover about your calling or about your your gifting or about your future and where do you go, there's one thing I would say cling on to and, and really hold fast to in your entire journey. And that is a humility in the presence of God. There is nothing more altering for your path than that posture. If you can stay humble in, in the place where God is, his promise is in the Psalms that in his presence, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. And for some reason, I just felt like the best place I could ever find myself was in the presence of God. This mysterious, intangible, weird place, but yet this very in intentional place I could go any moment, you know, any moment. And in that place, I found that God was revealing things to me about me, but also about my surroundings and about the dreams that he would give me. And if I could just follow wherever I felt like the Lord was keeping me humble in his presence, if it was an opportunity to be closer to him, I'd follow that. If it was an opportunity to be candacy, I'd shut it down. I mean, like, I really had to make some tough decisions. A lot of people don't know this, and this is probably the first time that um, I'm actually saying this in an interview. So welcome to Exclusive. But uh, college Candace went for her winter break to audition for Second City because I wanted to fall follow in the footsteps of Chris Farley and be on SNL. Mm -hmm. And I, I wanted to do that with the rest of my life. And, and um, I remember I made a callback for some of the improv stuff that they were doing. And I had already gone home for Christmas and I got this call back and I was like, okay, I've got to find a way back up to Chicago. And in the middle of that sandwiched in it was passion 1999. Yeah. Like, the, like one of the very first ones with Louis Giglio and like all these college yeah. kids getting together. And I'm at this crossroads at the younger part of my age thinking, God, I really want to do this. I want to be famous. I want to be funny. I want to use all these things that are so fun about me and make people laugh. And I, I was, it was that skewed vision of, I want to make people laugh. I knew it was in me that that would happen someday, yeah, but yeah. I didn't know the how. I didn't yeah. know the how. And so in the middle of me having a couple of weeks before I needed to go to a callback, I went to Passion and the first song that came on as everybody was hushing and getting ready for the conference was Point of Grace singing, God forbid that I find you so familiar that I think of you as less than who you are. Mm -hmm. And and I remember stopping dead in my tracks and I said, yeah, yeah, God, I think I've just made you so familiar that I forgot this life is about you. Do you? And I, I invited him in. I, I got into his presence again and said, hey, I'm inviting you into this question. Do I need to go back to that callback or do I need to do something else? And I felt like he just kept on saying, I got more for you. I've got better for you. Just follow me. I don't want this for you. And that was hard, man. Right. Not, have you ever you know? have you told Louis that story? I know he would love to hear it. 
Louis Giglio. Have I told who? Louis Giglio. Have you ever told him that story? I have not. I have not told him that at all. Okay. All right. Off the show, I'm going to hook you up with with some people. <laughs> that's that's a whole subsequent conversation. But the point is, mm. I love. I've gotten to hear more of your story. Obviously, we spent ten days together, so I got to I got to get right. a little bit of you. And one of the things you really stood out that stood out to me, you said, was you felt like God was always going to use your voice, yeah. but you just didn't think He would use your laugh, yeah. right? So, you know, I think I think what Jeff is saying is we search so hard sometimes mm-hmm. for calling. You're talking about it. You want to make people laugh. You want to make, you know, mm-hmm. comedy thing. And and your goal wasn't to go viral. Right. I mean, no. that, was, that was not the objective. Right. And so it's not like you planned this whole setup and you got the, you know, the the face glow screen thing going on. Like, no, it was there was something genuine about where that came from. Right. So, yeah, well, I think I think, you know what a lot of our young adults miss is it's the humility, mm. the willingness to invite him in, but it's yeah. also the genuineness, the motivation of our heart that helps put us in the place of where he needs us to be. Right. So the humility yeah. and motivation, I think go hand in hand. And so I think, I don't know, you may explain a little bit better than I do, but I thought that was a significant piece of your story. Yeah. You know, when you're, when you find out what your talents are and your giftings are, and, and you find them out at a younger age, arrogance is just going to follow. It's something that's going to be a part of it. I mean, Joseph with his coat of many colors shows us that, Hello. you know, that Nancy running around with his beautiful jacket telling everybody, I had dreams. You're going to bow down to me. You know, I mean, like, yeah, thank you, I'm Joseph. Doing, I'm doing the following <laughs> right now. Yeah. yeah. I'm a motivational speaker. No, um, he, he very much so. Uh, it shows us that arrogance is accompanied with that. So when I was younger, I naturally could sing and I started playing guitar and I started songwriting. And so everybody in my local church would be like, she's such a great worship leader. So I'm like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to use my voice. And that's how I'm going to be a, a useful for God. That's, that's what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. And God's like, nah, <laughs> nope. <laughs> what you're going to do is you're going to, you're going to go through some tragedies here. You're going to see some suffering in your days. And in that, I'm going to refine your joy. Like I'm actually going to make it much stronger. And when the time is my time, when it's that Kairos time, when it's that perfect time, I'm going to open a door that nobody can shut. And then they're going to, they're going to hear your voice. All right. But it's going to be through a laugh. And I love the fact that God opened the door for me, Rob, where I was not, <laughs> I was not even trying to yeah. do anything except for be in a moment. I didn't even say anything smart. I didn't even, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's four minutes, three and a half are laughing. And yeah. you can't tell me that that's not a moment that God stepped in and said, watch this, watch what I can do with just the smallest, wow. just the smallest. And it's pure. I think that's the key. It was pure. It came mm. from a place. You know what I'm saying? Like that wasn't a construction. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't a fabricated Candace. That was the real Candace. Like it, it was oh, coming. Gosh, yeah. Of joy, in the midst of you know, and from your story, in the midst of some difficult things, right? So I think I just yeah. think that was a really cool piece to it. So you, you said joys become sort of the umbrella in sort of the the space. Mm-hmm. You, I, I think we we have some misconstrued or even misunderstood definitions of joy. So yeah. what would the the Candace Payne Queen of Joy? How does she define it? Mm. Wow. 
I think joy ultimately is the definitions already set for us in scripture. Like I said a second ago, it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. I think you can't forget that from the onset. I mean, like, here's the deal. If I want to get an apple tree, I'm not going to go out and plant a lemon seed tree and expect to grow apples. Mm. Like I've got to put the like seed in the ground, wait for it to grow, and then it'll harvest. We forget that joy has to harvest. It has to be buried within us. It has to take root. And it has to come out of us. It is not something that you can buy. You can't go manufacture it. You can't fake it. You can't paint over something that looks kind of close to it. I mean, like, that's where I think the world is really trapped right now with joy is more in what it's not than what it really is. And so what I do see is that joy comes from this abiding um, realization that I'm not in control and I don't have to be. Yeah. Like when, when you can live a life that says pressure off, how much joy does that give you? You know what I mean? And when you could say, I will fight for areas of my life that only bring me peace and joy, those fruits of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to literally fight for those. Then you find yourself capable of experiencing the goodness of it. You know, a lot of people are working so hard to just kind of squirt out a fruit of joy. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> maybe I'll be happy today. <laughs> and, and the whole time, you know, even the growth is not the joy. The growth is not the good. The good is when you get to pluck that thing down and take a bite. And this is what I have to let people remember. The definition of joy is that it's something that springs out of you, that grows out of you from difficult situations, from harsh conditions, and sometimes beautiful conditions. But at the end of the day, the joy is 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 the reaping and it's the harvest and it's the the delighting in. It's it's taking advantage and cherishing the moments that you have in this life. If people could just ah oh, people could just cherish life. I I can't say that enough. I think cherish is the most underrated word in our vocabulary, period. Mm. If we could just stop and linger yeah it it'll change your joy instantly today if you're listening and you're like how do i start today how about you linger in the places that that you see a peak of joy and you're like right there that's good linger for a little bit i promise you joy is like right on its heels just coming behind it and it's like here i am what are we doing Did that make you feel good yeah goosebumps great awesome what's <laughs> next how about some ice cream and then you're like yes lord <laughs> What's so interesting is like I don't think that we're not the lingerers. I think I heard Chris Kane say this maybe recently. Like we linger on TikTok or we linger on Instagram. Yeah. We linger some places. We're really not good at lingering in real life with people and situations. So how can you help? It's not just a Gen Z issue. I'm 45 and I get stuck in the real sometimes. So yeah. how how do we sort of move from lingering in the wrong spaces to lingering and cherishing cherishing the real life things that bring us joy how do we make that that move back to that well let me ask you uh i i, I don't really give finite answers you're finding this out and it's probably annoying you and your listeners but i just want to answer your question with another question how 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 do you actually take in a moment and enjoy it is what i hear you saying to me how do you move from lingering into the wrong things and actually pursuing the right things? It's complete intentionality. It's intentionality. You know, when I'm on the death scroll and I'm just going through all the things, let me tell you what that's doing. That's not making me linger. That's making me 
um, completely numb. Yeah. It's, it's actually stealing from me instead of giving to me. And you've got to ask yourself questions and be intentional in moments. You can't let moments happen to you. And if they are moments that happen to you because it's intentionally happening to bring you something, because those moments exist, at least pause and go, what do I do here? But the problem is, is that most of us just go through our day letting things happen to us without a single eye open to being intentional to grasping straws of joy every single place that we walk. And I'm telling you, I look for it. I don't let it hide. I don't let it hide. I can't. I can't in the life that I'm living right now. Listen, my mama, and this is speaking to your your audience that is the older. So let's go here. Um, I told you I was going to give you that two-part answer. This is for them. I'm I'm going through the midlife right now, yeah. which the middle is never the fun. The middle sucks. Everybody yeah. knows this. We like beginnings. We like ends. We have parties for them. Birthdays, yes. Let's celebrate gender reveals. Awesome. Let's celebrate retirements. Awesome. Let's mark and memorialize a life once they pass. Great. But who celebrates the middle? Nobody. And I found myself here in this middle moment saying, I've got to find joy in the in-between. And how do I do that? Honestly, it's not letting a single moment pass me without intentionality, looking at dead in the face and saying, there is something here that I am meant to savor, that I'm meant to hold on to, that I'm meant to grow with, that I'm meant to delight in. And my mom is in the final stages of her Alzheimer's. And let me just tell you, there's nothing joyful about that when you say it. I wouldn't wish that on anybody's parents. I wouldn't wish it on anybody as a person. But what I can tell you is I'm grateful that on this side of heaven, God allows me to experience my mom in a way I would never get to experience otherwise. Okay. He allows me to love her in a way that I would never been able to return to her my entire life. I look at how tenderly she's cared for me in the moments where I couldn't have done anything for myself. And to be a daughter and to get the joy, man, I might get really emotional here, but to get the joy of being able to return something to my mother before I see her again in heaven, mm. that is something that you only get from lingering. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to be miserable and you're going to say, what's taking, what's taking, what's taking? Start asking yourself, what's giving What's giving life today? What's giving joy today? What's giving hope today? What's giving peace today? And that thing, I'll stay with that thing all day long, all day. Man, I, I love this conversation. And, and I'm thinking about this particular conversation because I think we all fall into it where we get trapped in the monotony of the mundane instead of the miracles of the mundane. Hey, you can <laughs> preach, Rob. Come on. It's literally about learning to shift what we see. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's a choice to see, right? It, yeah. It's it's not, what you see is not prescriptive. Now life may happen. Right? The things may come. You may be stuck in a dead end job somewhere and you've got no choice because the economy's tanking, right. whatever. Like right. I can't, I can't change those things, but, but what we do control, what we can impact, what we can choose to do is look at the miracles of the mundane instead of the monotony of the mundane. And that is a heart check issue. That is a spiritual discipline issue, right? And I think, yeah. and I think you know, man, the beauty of this is, is not so much that our circumstances change, but what we change around us by simply changing what we look at. Yeah. 
So the yeah. joy, the joy becomes infectious, not because everything is perfect, because a lot of people don't know the background and the pain. We talked about mm-hmm. this on the trip and the struggles that you're having with your parents and all of that. Yeah. People don't yeah. know what's going on in the background, but the joy becomes infectious because of what we see, not because of what we experience. Mm. I think if we could help young adults, if we could help even current leaders, right. pastors who are just stuck in 50 member churches, wishing they were 200 member churches, like, you know, you know how it is, right? I mean, yep. if you were just stuck in the, in the monotony of the mundane and learn to experience and see the miracles of the mundane. This is, and I'm preaching to myself as much as I am anybody mm-hmm. else. Right. I said to my wife what, a couple weeks ago, I said, am I missing the mountains or am I missing the mountains? Yeah. So we we lived here as young adults here in, right. in Southeast Tennessee. We are in the foot mm. of the mountains. And eventually you become numb to the fact that you drive around the corner and see the mountains. Yeah. You just quit seeing them. You miss them. And at some point when after I moved away and I came back, I go, I realized I had been missing the mountains. Yeah. Like I wasn't seeing them. It was like I now I long to see them again. Mm. Yeah step mm. out those gray hazy cloud covered days or the the one day in fall or winter where it snows on top of the mountain but it doesn't snow in the valley and you start to see it differently and i and i think it's just i had to get this point of going i for so long missed seeing the mountains that now i want to miss the mountains yeah like i want to long mm. um i want to step out and look on the 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 now that the fall it's going to be bright red and blazing like fire and um, it's those moments that I think sometimes intentionality, pace of life, we have to pause, we have to slow down and drink yeah. the things that surround us. Um, and I think like, like as we watch students all the time, I, I think they're going to run into each other because they just don't see their surroundings. Yeah. A- adults the same way. I don't know how many restaurants yeah. I've been to and there's four adults at a table and they're all staring at a phone. And it's not just a device issue. It's just that we quit. We've quit seeing so much. Um, and that impacts relationships. It impacts yeah destiny. It impacts calling and purpose. It in, it impacts effectiveness, and it impacts like your ability to be productive. Like it, it impacts all of those things. There's nothing more worse in my life that I've seen than when I've become numb to feeling. Yeah, yeah, and and I believe that the older you get, at some point you start feeling that instead of feeling like you start feeling like gum. why is everything cricking and creaking and you know you know making all these sounds when i just move right i didn't know it was a skill that you could actually like pull your neck out of whack just by turning and looking at your friend you know it can happen um but the reality is is that uh, the older you get it, it's like you get a, to be a pro at not feeling yeah and yeah. i think I think what I wanted to spend the rest of my days doing is acknowledging and owning every feeling. And listen, I, I'm not talking about being <laughs> unable to emotionally regulate. Like we, we don't need to be the weirdo in the room. That's like, ah! <laughs> Hey, everybody happy. Ooh, oh, I'm scared. You know I mean? Like get, get those emotions in, in check. Um, but I will say this, we try to suppress some emotions that absolutely are these little bitty things that we're supposed to grab onto. Um, when you're, when you're supposed to cry, cry. When you're yeah. supposed to laugh, laugh. When I, I want to make sure that I do it to the best of my ability, not just my work with my hands and my creativity, but my feeling. 
I want to do that to the best of my ability so that I've never said I missed a moment. And I want to do that with my husband. Like, I don't want to just, hey, young kids, when you get married, it's amazing. But you still can make out with your spouse. Like, I don't want to miss an opportunity to make out because I'm like, eh, you know, we were busy today. Whatever. There's pause on TV now. I didn't know that as a kid. Great. We can make out for 10 minutes. I can actually encounter a relationship that's awesome with my husband. You know, um, I can also look at times that I'm with my kids and they want to play and I'm like, but I got to do something else or else it's not going to get done. I can stop and go, you know what? I'm going to own this moment. I'm going to own it. And instead what we've replaced owning moments and embracing feelings with has, has been things that just really numb us and turn us off altogether Yeah. to where, when those things happen again, we're like, Oh, that felt weird. Like yeah. we, we literally have to detox from becoming so numb. So, okay. So this is, I'm going to switch directions here a little bit and, and ask you a technical question as a comedian. If I, oh, okay. if I laugh at people's failures, is that, is that an appropriate <laughs> laugh or not? Like, Because <laughs> if I watch the show Wipeout, there's a yeah. possibility I'll need to change my pants at some point during the episode. <laughs> I can't handle it, right? So is that an appropriate laugh or not? You know what? I'm one of those that you can't ask me because one of my favorite skits from Chris Farley was a commercial he did on SNL called Crotch Bat. And basically they took a Nerf bat and hit everybody in the crotch. And I still to this day think it's one of the most comic genius thing that's ever been invented. Physical comedy exists, but that's comedy. It's It's slapstick. It's let me remind you that accidents happen to everybody. I mean, if you want to get real technical down to the comedy nerds, what you're saying is none of us is impervious to danger. Our mortality is on display. We yeah. all have this same thing. And we're like, oh, I want to laugh at that because if that happened to me, I'd be so embarrassed. But what you don't see about the comedy underneath it that's teeming is that you're sharing. You're sharing this identity with somebody that's a complete stranger and you're sharing an emotion of embarrassment. You're sharing this thing that it, that's the beauty of what laughter does. It doesn't just give you a ha ha and a feel good. It actually reaches to deeper parts of your soul that you didn't even know needed touching. Yeah. 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 It's I'm always amazed at, at two things, laughter, um, joy, celebration, all those things, like whether it's at a movie I was at a baseball game this summer with my my son, Chicago Cubs game, and the Cubs hit a home run, and I'm high fiving perfect strangers, people I don't I have not met yet. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. The shared joy of a moment has this really weird ability to go, hey, we're no longer strangers. Laughter the same way. If we're laughing about the same things, it, there's something about that that part of the joy conversation that seems to just drop walls. Like we can. All the differences disappear when we can laugh. Yeah, yeah. It's a, and it's only the design of the Lord. Like I can't like be like scientific about it, but somehow God goes, if I can make you laugh, which is medicine, yeah, it's going to drop the barrier walls for us. And it's just this really unique thing that happens as as people. Yeah. So, I yeah. love to think of these two opposing mortal enemies coming together on top of a mountainside and they are ready to tear each other apart, right? Like imagine like these ancient warriors and they're just, they're, I mean, Braveheart has nothing on this scene that you can imagine right now. And then imagine a bird flying overhead and pooping on the nose of one of those warriors. <laughs> 
<laughs> and, then, and, then, and then the other one starts to giggle like, oh, hey, you got something on your face. <laughs> I mean, like, it, it, you're right. Like, like, joy is a weapon in and of itself. Yeah, it hey. disarms so quickly. And um, I would dare say, if, if I could just be so bold as to speak to, like, Christian people that listen to this, I don't care what age you are, young adult or old or in the middle, um, we'd all do better by learning how to love somebody through joyful expressions mm -hmm. on the internet in our comments than anger and backbiting and quick wit. I mean, nobody needs your sarcasm. It's not one of the five love languages. It's not building anybody up. You it's know what I mean? Bad. I'm really good at it. No <laughs> <laughs> tone on Facebook. That's, like, that's true. Yeah, unless like, it's a live video. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, tone, in, yeah. in written word, it's hard to have tone. Like <laughs> it's, it's a, like you didn't understand my joke. Yeah. Like, oh well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think you're right. I think. I mean, I think beyond just the laughter, beyond just the the uh, comedic sort of realities that exist. Even in, even in faith expressions, because let's be honest, some faith stuff is quite hilarious, right? I mean, it's funny. I mean, I'm sorry. I think he was. I think yeah. his sense of humor, his sarcasm a little bit, like he could lay it on thick, right? So I think, but beyond that, I think I think what the whole entire body of, look, she's going. I she lost her. Because here's the deal. Here's the deal. I'm remembering a moment that we shared in Israel when we were on the Palm Sunday road and I realized how steep it was. Like yeah. I just started laughing because I'm like, nobody talks about this on Palm Sunday. Jesus had to be on a donkey on the steepest road. You can't tell me that bro wasn't flexing some forearm muscles. and <laughs> Like I would have fallen. This is where the donkeys are like, why I, me? I told, I told somebody earlier, that was actually one of my favorite parts of the trip because we're in this sacred space coming out of the garden of Gethsemane. Like yeah. he's a yeah. great drops of blood and prayer and yeah. tears. And, you know, we're in this place and here comes Candace down the steep road, like just losing it. I'm like, hold on little donkey. Hold on. It was, yeah, it was Get great. Get the bro a sled. It was great. I don't even know where I was going. I had Sorry. a, it was funny. It was a Jesus was funny. It was a divine thought. I'm probably going to leave now I'm lost. So. Well, listen, I will tell you this. When you're saying that there are even some spiritual expressions that are just funny, yeah. I can't read scripture through a lens that doesn't find some humor in something. Um, I was reading Psalm 23, famous song, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, right? And it gets down to the verse that says that he anoints my head with oil. And I'm sitting there thinking, I've run the gamut of different like denominational experiences throughout my entire life. And I'm currently in a church where they use anointing oil when they pray over you. Yeah. And I hate it, man. I'm not even going to lie. Like, I hate it. Like, I love I, if Jesus wants us to do it. Great. But I hate it because I have adult acne after it. Like, why do you got to put oil on my head? Like, why? I'm trying to dry that sucker out. How is this a holy expression right now? I need some help. I need some help. Somebody explain that to me a little bit deeper. So I start looking at the word about it and I'm like, okay, well, it's in Psalm 23. So it must be important. And then the Lord just starts revealing to me what I thought was just funny and silly. He's like, let me just show you the cool thing about this. The whole Holy spirit is representative of oil and it's on the head. I want to literally have the Holy spirit transform every single thought every day of your life. Yeah. Like I want it. And not only that, but let me show you something else. that's funny. 
uh, here's a meme of a bodybuilder putting baby oil on. Like I'm laughing at that. And then I get Psalm 23 in my mind again. You anoint my body with oil? Do you anoint my body with oil? And like, I'm talking to the Holy Spirit about this. And he's like, he's like, well, here's, let me, let me ask you this, Candace. Is oil sticky or is it slick? And I just had this thought and just stopped. And I started thinking, you know what? There's a reason why the Lord anoints us with oil over the things that we think over our minds, over our heads. It's because so many other things want to stick and trap there and want to keep us stuck. And they want to make us feel as though, ah, I've got, I've got these hor- horrible thoughts that I can't change from being five years old. And God says, let me anoint your head with oil every yeah. single day, because I'll make what is stuck become slick in just a moment. And it, it won't have any bearing on your identity anymore. And I'm sitting here going, okay, so if I wouldn't have been open and honest to enjoy the fun and challenge the scripture with, why do we got to do that? I don't like this. This is dumb. You know what I mean? Then I wouldn't have had this conversation uncovered with the Lord and learn really what he was trying to teach me. And I feel like too many people are just so, we've got a younger generation that feels like we're too reverent on our side in the older generation. And we've got an older generation that feels like the younger are irreverent. Mm -hmm. And we just, (laughs) we just need to meet in the middle and go, Hey, we can actually trust that the Holy Spirit is going to do the work for us and fill in all these gaps. As long as we just come to him with open, honest, curious questions, and we trust that he's doing a good thing. Yeah, Yeah. man, that's good. I think that that in and of itself is an entire lesson that needs to be taught, I think, more universally. Like, how do we Mm. engage with, curiously, the work of the Holy Spirit? Like, yeah. Actually, Jesus said, yeah. I'm going to send the comforter, the counselor, right? I'm going to send you a companion to help yeah. you navigate this stuff. And I think we have this image of, of the work of the Holy Spirit and what he does, almost like we have this image of God, the father, who is this stark, white, beard, haired, Zeus, <laughs> you know, yeah. like we feel like the yeah. whole, only job is to correct. To smack back into line. To, you right, know? right. But, see, you see it as smacking. I see it as Flavor Flav. He's the hype guy. He's like, ah! <laughs> Everybody, oh! <laughs> okay, yeah, well, whatever you're... <laughs> she goes, Flavor what? Flavor what? <laughs> I think the point is, I think that's actually the point, is we've yeah. got to get past sort of categorizing who the Holy Spirit is and what he's capable of doing and how he's capable of doing it because he is a personhood, right? And so he enjoys our collective individual engagement with him on so many levels. He wants to banter with us. He wants to, you know what I'm saying? Like speak into our hearts and our minds and be like, oh, now that's funny, you know, or see that over there? Like, yeah, we created that. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. I think I think that's just such an important aspect of the spirit that we don't consider. So so the the responsibility then falls. Let's let's take ownership. Rob falls to yeah. us because I think mm. I grew up in a in a very uh, fire and brimstone Pentecostal expression as a kid. Yeah, went All to right. Little Creek yes. Church in high school. So Jesus was cool. We didn't talk about the Holy Spirit though. Jesus was yeah. cool. He was like the cool big mm. brother. And, and sort of in the mid-90s, early 2000s, we got sort of sorting this out in our own faith expression. And and I remember coming to Lee and having so much of what I believe challenged and reshaped. Mm. 
Yeah. Like, it was like, oh, I didn't know that. Like, I was never taught mm. that. Youth camp, Holy Spirit, I met, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think it's yeah. okay to wrestle some of this out to really dive deep and look at it. I, I like with the Alex and Henry Seeley, um, we've had Alex on the show. They dropped the the, and like, it's just the name, Holy Spirit. Yeah. Like, like Frank Smith, yeah. Yeah. Holy Spirit. And to really acknowledge yeah. that personhood yeah. of the Holy Spirit, because when we're like, oh, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, whatever, it feels distant. Yeah. Rather than this person who goes like, like, like Candace Payne is in the room, like, yeah. you know, or Rob Fultz is in the room. Like there's this nearness yeah. when we think mm. the Holy Spirit as a person. And, and Jesus said that he is in us and with us, which is a whole another mystery. Like, I don't know how he's in us and with us all at the same time, but it's, and I, and I think for me, I remember really in grad school having to get really comfortable with the mysterious. Like yeah. I wanted to figure it out and I had to go like, okay, I'll never know. That. So good. Yeah. Like yeah. I got to be cool with that. And that was hard. For sure. For sure. So, so good. I'm just enjoying the moment. I'm not going to lie. Like I'm just enjoying Awkward the moment. Pause. Come on. No, but it's a good pause. I think, you know, I, we're, kind of getting close to wrapping up the show here we want to be respectful of your time but um i i really hope that people who listen to the show really get an understanding of not just how fun this is like this is fun like this is this is playground time but i think in in all right. sense, we start talking about the power the liberating power of mm. the boy yeah right it becomes mm. more than just a a secondary possibility of our minds or our imagination we can experience the fullest joy available to us because god makes all his promises available to yeah. us in the fullest extent and expression right mm -hmm. and so i yeah. hope that in the midst of the struggles and listen we live in a chaotic world and a chaotic time because jesus is coming back soon and i'm not sure it's really going to get any better but but we can still have overwhelming unbelievable joy in the midst of it and i mm -hmm. think could be as transformative as any message we could ever preach, any evangelistic strategy mm. we can build, um, and just experiencing the fruit of joy of being with Jesus and what that means for a life for eternity. So, yeah, I think, it's I, good. think and I want to say to, to Candace, thank you for being an ambassador. Mm. Right? Yeah. We don't have many of those in the and kingdom right now. Apostle of joy. Yeah, apostle of joy. That'd be yeah. a great name. Oh, great I'm making business cards from now on. That's it um, in the bio. <laughs> yeah, but but really an ambassador and impossible joy because because we we are tr mm. I don't feel like there's a lot of it in the kingdom right now. Yeah. And, and so my hope is that the, wow. the joy becomes contagion. It is um, contagion. and spreading. Mm. And we can all sort of not just laugh because laughter is a moment, but live joyful mm. in the yeah. lives. So yeah, so you know, it's making me have a thought really quick that I don't think that I've had before this moment. So I I kind of want to just put it out there and, and if it falls and lands flat, y'all can have some grace for it. But I know that the word tells us that, that we will experience peace that passes our understanding, right? Mm -hmm. Like we'll have this peace that we don't understand in the middle of the worst, but I don't see it saying that about joy. Mm. I think, I think we are to understand that joy is possible in every circumstance. Yeah. Like it's not supposed to surprise us. And this is really where I feel like the, the misnomers come from the pulpits is that we're like, and yet God, 
Boy, and, and all the while they're saying it and they look like they've eaten a lemon and they look like they still don't believe what they're saying and they don't live out anything joyful. Like when you're talking about being an apostle for joy, apostles go first is really what they do. Right. Apostles say, I'm going to take this road. And when I come back, I'm going to say step here where I've stepped because yeah. there's something good that we got to do together. And I'm looking for a bunch of leaders and you're raising leaders here at Lee University. I'm looking for leaders that'll say, I will come out of the generation that's been the stank face generation from the pulpit preaching doom and gloom and everything you've done wrong and everything that you can't do and you got to muster up and be better at and you got to self-help. I'm going to come out of that generation and I'm actually going to walk the path that says joy is possible in my ministry. Joy is possible in my marriage. Joy is possible in my future. Joy is possible when I actually face my aging parents and I'm at a situation where I'm like, I don't know what to do with this now. Joy is possible when I look at the road and go, I don't have the funds for this, but God can intervene. And at the same time, I don't have to make everybody else around me a worry wart or feel like they have to carry a burden that I know only belongs to God himself. Like I'm looking for people that actually don't say, I'm surprised by joy in this moment, but that expect it. Yeah. Like that are saying, this is good. This is a fruit of what the Holy Spirit does. And if he's with me and if he's growing this moment, if he's growing this church, if he's growing this ministry, then he's got to supply some joy. That's going to be one of the low hanging fruits. It's got to be there. Just like peace is, just like patience is, just like, you know, I mean, all those fruits that are promised in Galatians. It's something that you have to just be on the lookout for and not be surprised by any longer. And uh, and I'll tell you, by and large, the church right now, we got a whole world that they ain't going to listen to jack squat that you say unless you've got a smile and authentic joy yeah. right behind it. Not not anything. Nothing matters to them. Nothing yeah. matters. And I, I know that from experience. Nothing matters to this world with fake happy with fake smiles and with fake answers amen yeah amen it's great i mean we have we've heard that over and over here on campus and the church and just different places we are that authenticity wins um yep. i think authentic joy like not 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 trumped up not not fake joy not not a fake smile but authentic joy um yeah. is a thing that will win a lot of people's hearts you know, and give give audience to hear the gospel, which only comes by an intentional relationship with the one Ooh. who, right? Oh, somebody, so yeah. We got one last question. We ask everybody on the show, and okay, uh, you can phrase this or answer this however you wish. But obviously, we're on a college campus, so the question that we ask is this: hmm. What's one lesson that you learned uh, that took place outside of a classroom? Oh man. One lesson that I learned that took place outside of a classroom. Uh, I will say this. Um, It was just recent. It was in Israel with you. We Mm. were at the the Western Wall. And I, I learned that it's possible in an instant for your entire season to shift, whether or not you're ready for it. You think I would have learned that from a viral video and my literal life changing, right? Um, but this was the first time that I had an encounter with the Lord that I really felt like he promised me something without anybody else hearing his voice, but me. Mm. And I'm not talking about audible. I'm talking about like that deep, still quiet. You thought it and you're like, that's not a Candace thought that's smarter than me. 
cool. That must be the Lord speaking. Let's go. And he promised me something that I didn't have to share with anybody else. And from that moment, whether or not the external situations changed in my life, internally, that season began. And there were new things that started to spring up inside of me. There, there are things still that are just like leading me to new things that, I mean, I don't want to get specific because I love having secrets with the Lord still. Um, but I will tell you that's outside of the classroom. It's by going, it's by putting your feet to the soil and saying yes, when the Lord asks you to go. And I wouldn't have had that if I didn't just say yes to that trip and just yes to go to the wall and yes to pull up a chair and yes to write down my prayers and yes to pray. I mean, it just comes with going and um, in an instant, your whole life can change. So if you feel stuck, I feel like learn this lesson quick. Instantly, your whole life can change. Instantly. Yeah. Yes. Candice, it is such a joy to have you on. And I want people to be able to stay in touch with you. So what's the best way for people to get your books, get your uh, discipleship resources, which are phenomenal? Like, how do we stay in touch? Well, I have my website that um, I update, you know, once in a blue moon. It's CandicePayne.me. <laughs> and I do the, the website updating because I'm like, eh, I don't like that. And so I just got tired of like having somebody else do it. So, um, so kdispain.me, everything's spelled with an A, uh, and it's .me, not .com. Um, but then I'm also offering something new on Instagram. I'm doing subscription only. And mm-hmm. so I do Monday through Friday devotionals. I come on there and give a devotional. And then I actually have like a weekly live chat with everybody that's a subscriber. And I offer like special stuff just for that group. So if you're like, hey, I'm going to be in the real world, then that's the place that you're really going to find me. Yeah, being a hundred with you. <laughs> yeah. Cool. To the 99.9 of us today. Right, right. Candice, we love you, girl, and uh, so proud of you. And as we always like to say here at the Leadership Drip, you have got a seat at the table. Thanks, Thanks for you. being on. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Leadership Drip. If something from this episode was helpful for you, then share it on your social media and tag us. If we see it, we may reshare it on our channels. We appreciate you taking the time to join us. And remember, you always have a seat at the table.